You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, remember, January fixed, not January 6th, January fixed. I think we can make this a thing. I think we should get it trending. And everybody should be talking about January fixed, not January 6th, whenever it comes up. All right. Now, Tucker Carlson has provided groundbreaking, totally amazing information about what went down on that day. And this changes the entire equation. It really, really does. I mean, to see Capitol Hill cops assisting uh, the horns guy, putting him in a position where he could actually be the face of the so-called insurrection. Wow. But they're coming for Tucker now because no one is supposed to question the Democrat preferred and false narrative that is January 6th. You know, they complained about Trump's Twitter. Joe Biden's is far worse. What he did just a little while ago, more than 140 officers were injured on January 6th. I've said before, how dare anyone diminish or deny the hell they went through? I stand with the Capitol Police. Well, can you imagine Joe Biden standing with the Minneapolis Police Department after the death of George Floyd? Tucker Carlson is revealing damning information that must be addressed. It must be recognized. You can't hide behind the cops on this one. But they are, because the Democrats, they have a lot to hide. Personally, I can't stand with a broken police department that still has not explained why it shot Ashley Babbitt. Not going to do that. And also, their failures that day, no, sorry. Why was one police officer at Peace Circle on Capitol Hill? This is Peace Circle, right in front of the Capitol, right? A very critical avenue of approach to the Capitol. Take a look at this picture, and you'll see on January 6th a grand total of how many people? One. And according to the January 6th report, the Peace Circle's geographical location is crucially important for understanding how the January 6th attack unfolded. And they did note that there was just one U.S. Capitol Police officer standing guard at the Peace Circle fence. It's almost like they wanted to lose on January 6th. New information is coming in. Kevin McCarthy gave it to Tucker Carlson. I mean, he is a really good source, right? This is a story. But apparently Tucker Carlson is a monster for getting a scoop. 
I think Tucker Carlson is more destructive to American political discourse than Donald Trump. And I think he's more powerful. And I'm beyond appalled. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. We know who Tucker Carlson is. Tucker Carlson is a parasite on the body politic who, by his own admission and by the words that we're getting from the Dominion uh, lawsuit, is willing to enrich himself and his business to peddle the most insane conspiracy theories to a very small number of people who eat that up. Wow. <laughs> Parasite on the body politic, all because he's port, uh, reporting the truth, because he, Tucker Carlson, formerly an accepted and admired member of the media elite. When he worked at CNN, uh, they had no problem with the men. When he worked at MSNBC, OK, when he was a guest on Dancing with the Stars. Now, part of the outrage, and it's not fake outrage, they are furious with him, is that Tucker has dared to ostracize himself from the swamp and side with the truth and side with the people. He can tell the truth on the deep state because he knows it very, very well. Absolutely. Now, possibly somewhat similar, I served in the Marine Corps active duty for nine years, a dozen in the reserves. I know some of the best and bravest people wear a uniform. I also know that's not automatic. Just because someone is a Marine, a soldier, or a Capitol Hill police officer does not mean they're automatically better than anyone else. Sometimes they're a lot worse. And a gun and a badge and a holier-than-thou attitude can be catastrophic for former Metro PD cop Fanone. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Wow. One more time. The indifference shown to my colleagues has been disgraceful. So how did they calm him down? $500,000 at least from GoFundMe, a book deal, congressional gold medals, and White House gold medals. I wonder if he's still angry. Back to Tucker. I noticed something in the video he revealed this week. The officer walking with the horns guy, all right? Now, he's in the back there, and he proceeds throughout this footage. Let's highlight him, if you don't mind. Uh, I've seen him many times before. We've featured him on this show. Uh, actually, we have a still that we've used many times where he's giving directions. He's actually giving directions to the horns guy and his friends, right? What does that look like? And take a look at it. He's got a beard, all right? I want you to remember that. Uh, here he is tagging along with the horns guy right into the Senate chamber. There he is back there. Um, I'm not sure of his name, but I did see him in an HBO documentary. I think deliberately distorting the entire matter. Of the state of Arizona. There's people in the Senate chambers. And that's when I noticed the shaman. I walk in behind him. And that's when I realized I was alone now. I was by myself. Hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. One guy had a hole through his cheek, bleeding out of his mouth. I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay, just want to let you guys know this is like the sacredest place. I know. I know. Hey, no, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. He gets up on the podium, and in my mind, I was like, Man, I, I, I can't do anything. You know, I can only do is, you know, shout orders, and if they listen, great. If they don't, I, I can't force them. I'm by myself. 
by yourself, by yourself, call for backup? I mean, I saw a lot of guys, you just walked by, you didn't seem to need their help. Why didn't he ask one of the dozen uniformed Capitol Police officers to join him? Seemed like he knew exactly where he was going. He was on some sort of errand. All right. Now, we also have this from Tucker. Retired Capitol Police officer, you may remember, uh, he had a MAGA hat on. Now, he was active duty on January 6th, but that MAGA hat... Uh, reportedly got him into a lot of trouble. A photo emerged of Johnson wearing a MAGA hat outside the Capitol. That picture cost him his career. Sometimes I look at it and like, thank you, God, for blessing me with this hat. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish this hat never came in my life. A Biden voter, Johnson says he donned the hat in an effort to rescue fellow officers he believed were trapped in the building. I figured if I had the hat on, it'll be easier for me to navigate my way through the crowd. It was um, basically self-preservation and um, de-escalation, um, and I needed to get up those steps. I couldn't say what would have happened walking through that crowd without it. Now, to me, it didn't look that dicey as he was walking up those steps, but let's take him, yeah, de-escalation technique. And that's what the chief of the department said yesterday. Oh, his officers were using de-escalation tactics to talk to rioters and to getting each other to leave the building. Um, but that MAGA hat, right? It really did him in. The fake news Democrats, they hated that. They hated that sight. Whether or not it would work to pacify the situation, he shouldn't have been wearing that hat, they say. A Capitol Police officer is seen in a red Make America Great Again hat. It's unclear whether he's showing his allegiance. Another one seen on video wearing a Make America Great Again hat and also seeming to direct rioters uh, around the Capitol. Another one was actually seen wearing a MAGA hat and directing some of these insurrectionists through the Capitol. Another one who was uh, put on a MAGA hat uh, and uh, was seen directing people around the building. That is a very scary situation. Isn't it amazing? What, what's so problematic about that hat when you think about it, especially if he's using it for de-escalation? You know, those officers in 2020 during the Black Lives Matter protests this summer, whenever these things happen, when cops got on knees, personally, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Uh, I thought it was, I don't know surrender. I mean, this is really bad. Look at this scene. The chief of the department is getting on his knees in front of the mob in New York City. Yeah, this may impress the fake news, and it does, and I'll show you that in a moment, but the guy on his knees there in the white shirt, he was punched in the face the next day by a protester at a Black Lives Matter situation on the Brooklyn Bridge. All right. Um, you, you never get anything by by doing this in front of the mob. But the media loved it. A police chief took a knee with protesters showing solidarity. Some officers even took a knee with protesters to show their support. But among the outrage, images of hope coming out of some communities where protesters and police were seen coming together. In New York City, police taking a knee with protesters in a powerful moment of unity. The MAGA hat's the worst thing in the world, but taking a knee, surrendering before the mob. 
What's happening here is a plan, an attempt to politicize the police, to make them a bastion of left-wing Democrat politics, kind of like an armed teachers union, but more fanatical. I believe that is a long-term Democrat project, one of them anyway. So the January 6th revelations are amazing and important and are only of interest to us. Nobody at Fox News is covering it again. Uh, yeah, the Hemmer and Perino show, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Are they above this? How about the five? They need hot topics, talkers, right? And the president of the United States in the swamp, they're attacking Tucker Carlson. And you guys can't be bothered. What's up with that? Not being honest. Not the first time Fox has been dishonest with their viewers, of course. All right. There is other news that they were talking about, and that's out there. Like the thing in Mexico, the Americans kidnapped, two of them uh, killed by that drug cartel. Bad stuff. Everyone seems to be on board now with declaring cartels terror organizations and maybe bringing in the military. It's an idea that Trump had six years ago. We've been talking about doing something against the Mexican drug cartels regarding foreign terrorist organization designation for a decade. If there were an ISIS or al-Qaeda cell in Mexico that lobbed a rocket into Texas, we'd wipe them off the planet. They're doing that times thousands. Solving the fentanyl crisis, which is using the U.S. military unapologetically to decimate the cartels, okay? You want to go bin Laden on them, go Soleimani on them. Drone strikes, airstrikes, it is justified military force. I'm down with that. And Trump was years ago uh, in a book by one of his mutinous uh, cabinet secretaries, Esper. Take a look at this. Mr. Trump asked Mr. Esper at least twice if the military could shoot missiles into Mexico to destroy the drug labs. And when Mr. Esper raised various objections, Mr. Trump said, we could just shoot some Patriot missiles and take out the labs quietly, adding that no one would know who it was. I think it's a great idea. You know what Mark Esper's uh, plan was? Uh, we should have more training, intelligence, and equipment for the Mexicans. That's going to make the difference, right? Anyway, great idea. Imaginative. Hadn't been tried before. And, of course, the swamp hates that kind of stuff. The notion that we would strike another democracy and lie about it is so comical and illegal, it's hard to know where to be again. Former President Trump has no respect for the rule of law. Uh, he believes he has Putin-esque-like powers. Okay, these claims that Donald Trump considered firing missiles into Mexico while he was president? Folks, this is why your vote matters. Yeah, it does matter, actually, very much, because the guy we have now doesn't think about solutions when it comes to drug addiction and deaths by overdose, he just thinks about blaming the other guy. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try the missiles in term two for Trump. All right. The zippity doodah guy. What could be racist about this beautiful song? The woke left ruining this, too. We'll be right back. Does that look familiar? It was made decades before I was born, but that's uh, the zippity doodah guy, James Basket. Take a look. 
As a kid, I saw it in reruns and I liked it. I wasn't exactly sure what I was watching. That's uh, Song of the South from 1946. And it's fantastic right up until they tell us, no, it's racist. Yes, A Happy Guy with Birds is racist. It's a Disney movie and it's been removed from daily parades and the Splash Mountain ride. Why? Uh, racist imagery and themes. I still don't get it. Watched it a bunch of times. I just saw a happy guy talking to birds, and it was incredibly beautiful, and now it's gone, all right? They're canceling this kind of stuff, and it's horrendous, and it's ultimately, well, I think it hurts all of us. It hurts our culture, um, and it also hurts those they say it's going to help people of color, all right? Now, take a look at some of these classics that have gone away lately. Aunt Jemima? Gone. Uh, that beautiful black woman no longer in the bottle. All right. Pearl Milling. What? They're all like this now. Uncle Ben's the distinguished black man. He's gone. Ben's original. Uh, I remember this one. The cream of wheat guy. I remember looking at that box. Seemed like such a nice guy. He's gone. And it goes on like this. All right. They got rid of them all. The Land Lakes Indian gone. Who else did they cancel? Uh, the Eskimos are gone. Uh, Eddie's pie. What's that? Is that the Chiquita banana lady? It is. And you don't find her anymore. So who actually survived the cut? The white icons, the white logos. Yes. All the white ones are still around. Little Debbie, little white girl still on the box. And that's good, but I think they all should still be on the box. Who else? Captain, is it Captain Crunch? Yes, you're right. Anybody white is still on the box. Mr. Clean. You know, I actually write about this in my, the Quaker Oats guy. I write about this in my, in my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. It's true, and it's kind of wild. Now, how will this be perceived in 10, 20 years? Well, is this scenario possible? Take a look. It goes like this. So isn't that kind of racist? I expect in another few years we will read studies proving that black children uh, feel worse after a trip to the supermarket because there are no packages that look like them to use the language of inclusion. Society really has gone mad. Oh, Gone with the Wind? Classic movie, right? To be honest, I never actually sat through the whole thing, uh, but if I should ever try to again, I'm warned. So are you uh, by the good people from Hollywood. The film represents enslaved black people in accordance with longstanding stereotypes as servants notable for their devotion to their white masters or for their ineptitude. And the film's treatment of this world through a lens of nostalgia denies the horrors of slavery as well as its legacies of racial inequality. Lighten up. Not every movie is going to answer every question about everything, okay? What are we going to say about Dumb and Dumber and their portrayal of uh, 30-something white guys? I mean, what is the problem? And oh, by the way, this demeans the contributions of some of the great people who made Gone with the Wind, like Hattie McDonald, McDaniel, the first woman ever, black woman, to win an Oscar. And... I didn't see the movie in its entirety, but I did see her acceptance speech at the Academy Awards, and it was amazing. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, 
fellow members of the motion picture industry and honored guests. This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of the awards. For your kindness, it has made me feel very, very humble. And I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything that I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you. <laughs> Isn't that just beautiful, right? Talent. Talent. She had talent. And now talent, well, it's, I guess it's just skin deep. Talent is what, whatever your complexion is. And that brings me to Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City. Oh, boy. This guy, um, a lot of people have lowered their standards in evaluating a New York City mayor because he uh, looks a certain way. Uh, this guy should be raked over the coals on a daily basis, but instead uh, he gets away with this kind of stuff. I think that you've had a lot of mayors that did the waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I do the boogaloo. I salsa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of mayors who weren't uh, racist uh, like you. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable. You hear that? He kicked cracker ass in the police department. And he's making good on that promise, by the way. Uh, any police chief who's white in the NYPD, their days are numbered. The turnover is unbelievable, as he might say. Next up, if you're <laughs> black and Hispanic, people of color need apply only. Oh, and also family members for a very key job. Uh, head of his personal security detail, he wanted to hire his brother at $210,000 a year. Now, his brother was completely unqualified. His job uh, at the time was running uh, parking at some community college in Virginia. But Ewick Adams definitely needed the protection because of all the, you know what, white supremacy out there. My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. I have to take my secur security in a very serious way. Just point to white supremacy. It'll get you out of anything. And uh, when you're in a bind, just call attention to your race and it'll shut most white people up. I'm a black man, that's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. Wow, that's pretty hostile and racist, but it works, it works. Uh, and the media, they, ooh, and, and they, they, they throw praise at him, even when he doesn't deserve it, all right? The ambitious plan on gun violence, I got it right here. It looks like it was written by a fourth grader. New York City is in total crisis. Came out with an eight-page plan. You want to see the highlights? Again, straight out of the fourth grade. How are we going to fight violence? With a summer youth employment program. Okay, they came up with that one in 1930. Uh, what else? Expanding community hiring. You see what I'm talking about. It's all uh, cliches. Yeah, crime stoppers, demanding accountability, nothing specific. Meet weekly with local leaders. This kind of stuff. It's empty, it's nonsense, but as Curtis Leo would say, his complexion is his protection. 
And every now and then he throws a bone to the conservative media who swoon when he talks like this. Uh, the last words I said after I was sworn in is, so help me God. On our dollar bill, we have in God we trust. Uh, every president touched a religious book when they were sworn in, uh, except for three. Faith is who I am. And anyone who takes those words as stating that I'm going to try to compel people to follow my religion. No, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I believe that wholly. So beautiful, right? He fools everybody. He gets attention. Oh, boy, what a great guy at mass. What he's doing when it comes to monsters hanging around with children. He thinks it's beautiful. He thinks it's a good thing. This was his first test as mayor. Okay, what are you going to do about this, Eric Adams? Drag storytellers and the libraries and schools that support them are advancing a love of diversity, personal expression and literacy that is core to what our city embraces. Now, that was in June of last year. That's like a million light years ago for our idiot media, drive by media, as Rush used to say. I mean, who cares about that policy? He said something about God on CNN, and that we're going to kill three minutes on Fox News talking about it. It's an opportunity for us to say we like this black guy. Another miracle is that Mayor <laughs> Adams here in New York uh, City is standing up for prayer. Is, this is an amazing thing. Oh. This is huge. And he is upsetting so many um, atheist organizations. Eric Adams, though, powerful words. I hope he tells Biden he's now one of 20 who sits on his advisory council, mm -hmm. according to The Washington Post. Hope he shares these words. He has invoked his faith, which is beautiful. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's like the third time on this show. Eric Adams is starting to impress me. I like Eric Adams very much. I have been a firm supporter of his. I liked him when he was a cop. Yeah, you see how superficial it all is, huh, Geraldo? One more time, the monster, the monster with our children. Eric Adams thinks that's fine. But in our distracted, crazy world, nobody notices. Everybody moves on. He's ruining this city. Take a look at this. Oh, by the way, let's ask the Asian community how they feel about Eric Adams. Their restaurant in College Point, Queens. You know how long it takes to build a restaurant and establish one? About 40 or so teenagers rampaged, destroyed the place, trashed it, and not a peep, barely, from Mayor Eric Adams. Why is that? Why is that? All right, we got a big problem on our hands. I'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey guys, it's Carson. The madness was upon us. Make your march a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance to win big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. 
With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Look at this, huh? That's a uh, restaurant in Queens, New York, being trashed by a marauding group of, uh, we believe, teenagers. It happened Saturday night, no arrests. The restaurant is, uh, it's called Fish Village. It's Asian-owned and operated, and people, understandably, are really upset and even brokenhearted about this. Manager Tony Hu says the entire incident lasted about a minute. He tells us nobody was hurt, but everyone at the restaurant is rattled. Seeing it like right here was just really shocking. I'm really furious and kind of disappointed in the future generation on how they acted. Wow. Uh, For more on this, Kenny Hsu joins us. He is the president of Color Us United, author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. And Dave Smith, former Arizona police lieutenant, spokesman for the National Police Association. Hey, first off to Dave Smith, no arrests. Uh, There are a lot of people there. Cameras all over the place. I know they were wearing masks, but are you surprised by that? Not at all. You know, this is this is moral poverty. The whole nation's suffering from this moral poverty. These major urban centers. You don't prosecute people. What do you expect? If you don't stigmatize a behavior, you're going to get more of it. And right. this has become ridiculous. It's uh, ridiculous. And uh, the no arrest part. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about the other part. Once you arrest them, uh, not much will happen. Kenny, um, your thoughts, please. Well, this is what we get when we decide that we are going to pursue these soft on crime principles. I mean, look, Asians elected Eric Adams. Um, this this is kind of a betrayal for a lot of Asian Americans in New York City, because Eric Adams was the guy who promised the Asian American community, okay, we're not going to get rid of the tests for admission uh, to the top specialized high schools. Education was a very important issue. Now crime is a very important issue for Asian Americans. And Eric Adams has failed on both fronts. You know, New York City is now proposing, um, you know, getting making the admissions process a lot more holistic and uh, not relying on the test, which Asians have advocated for. And now look at these soft on crime policies that are attacking some of the least violent people across the nation. Asian Americans are actually the group with the lowest crime rate in our country, and this is what they get for it. And for decades now, there has been a friction. It's uncomfortable to talk about. It's inconvenient to talk about, but there has been a friction going back uh, centuries, probably. I remember Al Sharpton organizing boycotts of race-based boycotts of Korean-owned stores in Brooklyn. I think he was resentful for some reason, Ken. Why would he be resentful? Because, you know, Asian Americans, when they come to this country, they don't come with any wealth, they don't come with any social connections, but they build businesses in the only places that they can afford. And a lot of times those are inner city communities with a lot of black and Hispanic Americans. And, you know, these black Americans, some of them, not all of them, but some of them grow up 
And they see, you know, these Asian shopkeepers and they think they resent them. And a lot of this has to do with the education system that teaches that America is a racist country. So they're looking at these Asian Korean shopkeepers and they're saying, man, they're owning the wealth, they're owning us. And then they get resentful. And then sometimes it lashes out, lashes out in violence. Think about the 1992 L.A. riots, for example, that happened when a Korean shopkeeper shot a black individual who was looting a store. So these tensions have been around for a while. And unfortunately, we're seeing a resurgence of them. I'm not sure whose dog that is, but that's okay. It's a, Dave Smith, um, you know, I don't know how this gets corrected. Do you? I mean, we know what, we know how we got here. How do we get back to a sane place? We don't know. See, it even upsets my dogs talking about this stuff because our society, we've got to grow up. We've got to have adults in the room, and we're not having that in our society today. And this, this racist division uh, policies are brutal, brutal for everyone. And this exactly, you know, we base our policies on envy. We have all these issues going on. And it's quite frustrating because as law enforcement officers, we're stuck in the middle and we're trying to protect everyone. And you've got to have a moral foundation. And that's one of the problems in our society today. Uh, Kenny, can you update us on the situation at, in higher education, Harvard and the rest? Um, yeah, the admissions policies and seemed very much stacked against uh, Asian Americans. Uh, where are we on that? Yes, yeah, so I wrote this book called An Inconvenient Minority, also the Inconvenient Minority podcast. But look, take a look at what's going on in higher education right now. The attack on Asian American excellence continues. Uh, Harvard has been now accused of discriminating against Asian Americans, asking Asians to get 273 points higher on the SAT to have the same chance of admission as a black person. I guarantee you, if you want to fix race relations in our country, you don't do that by preferring certain races over the others, even if you think that that race is more oppressed. The reality is Asian Americans have faced a lot of struggles coming into this nation. They don't deserve to be put in the category of the privileged. By the way, neither do white people. But we do this anyway because we want to foster more racial division in our country, and our higher education system is the leading proponent of it. Now, you're both amazing. Kenny Shu, thank you very much uh, for more Kenny MXU. And please check out his podcast at Kenny MXU on Twitter. And Dave Smith, many, many thanks to you. And we'll be right back. All right. So this security camera footage that Speaker McCarthy gave to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> It's changing the game, at least it should. It's amazing footage. To me, it totally turns the fake narrative about January 6th. It blows it wide open. We're joined now by Joseph McBride. He's the founder of the McBride Law Firm. He represents January 6th protester Richard Barnett, as well as maybe some others as well. He's been amazing on this issue. Mr. McBride, welcome. How are you? And what do you think of the new footage? Greg, it is always good to be here, as always. Thank you for your continued coverage on this very important matter. Um, the footage is exactly what we said it was going to be. Uh, it, it is footage of Jacob Chansley uh, walking around the Capitol uh, on a tour, a grand backstage tour given to him by the Capitol Police. Uh, be that as it may, he was accused of violently entering the Capitol, staying in absent any welcome, uh, and he was convicted uh, by virtue of a, of a plea um, of this crime. 
the evidence was withheld from him. It was withheld from his lawyer. It's a gross and disgusting Brady violation. We have been jumping up and down about this and shouting from the rooftops that the prosecution has been materially dishonest with the dissemination of discovery in these cases since Jump Street. And this is a stellar example of said dishonesty. Uh, what about your client, Big O Barnett? You know, famously, he had his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. We've met him on this show. I think he's a great guy, and I think he's been uh, unfairly persecuted. Could the footage, the 40,000 hours of footage, have helped you? And we all like Tucker Carlson, but, I mean, are you kind of frustrated that uh, they gave it to him and not the lawyers, apparently, like you? Well, well, Greg, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Speaker McCarthy did, uh, did give me access um, so um, there are some, uh, some well, attorneys. Well, excuse me, though. Wait a second. But Big O has been in trouble for a long time. McCarthy's only been speaker for a little while. I mean, you know, you should have had access to this from the get-go. There you go, Greg. That is right. I should have had access to this from the, from the get-go. You're spot on as usual. They did not give it to us. It took Speaker McCarthy becoming the Speaker of the House for him to say, you know what? Tucker, take a look, and Joe McBride, take a look as well. He opened the door to the public and fellow journalists like yourself with Tucker Carlson. He opened the door up to the legal community through me. It should have happened on day one. It happened on day 763 or something like that. It's ridiculous. It should have never happened. But I'm grateful that Speaker McCarthy made this information available to us because now we can shine the light of truth into the face of darkness just to show you how ugly that face really is. Uh, so what have you seen that we haven't, uh, that hasn't been on Tucker's show yet or anywhere else? Uh, what do you anticipate coming down the What? Tell us more about what you saw. So um, what, we're, what we are specifically taking a look at are some of the things that we, uh, we're, we're concerned about. Policing failures, uh, the removal of fencing, the removal of barricades, um, you know, the aggregation of people who we believe to potentially be bad actors at certain points in time during the day. The previous amount of discovery that we were given, we, we did not have access to that footage because we had an eight-hour sort of time frame that comprised 14,000 hours of footage. But what Speaker McCarthy has made available is a 24-hour time frame from the 6th and 5th, which is a totality of 41,000 hours of footage. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I will say that we are already aware of information and material that should have been turned over in cases, that wasn't turned over in cases, and the government has no excuse for it. The government foreseeable yeah. will say Congress and in, 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 in the uh, executive branch don't talk to each other, but members of the same body, their hand cannot say to the foot that I don't know you or I don't need you. So we're going to hold them accountable. We're going to see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, they, they they have to turn it over to you guys. They have to. It's it's the law breaking the law. Hey, Bigo, let's see him at that desk. Uh, he's he's an amazing guy. I've talked to him a couple of times again. And uh, how's he doing? And what is the status? I understand. I think I remember you guys have to go back to court in May. Is it? Yes, that's that's correct, Greg. So look, Big O is not doing well. Um, he, we had a two-week trial in front of a D.C. jury where we proved several charges. There's no way the government could approve them beyond a reasonable doubt. After two weeks, the following Monday, 
After they had their bagels, coffee, and donuts, the jury deliberated and convicted him of every crime on the indictment charge beyond a reasonable doubt. Just to put this in perspective, that envelope that you see right there that you're showing on the screen, that envelope had to be of some value. He had to have taken it with the criminal intent to never return it. The moment he bled on that, he reduced the value to nothing. He said, I didn't steal it. I took it because I bled on it. He gave it back to the FBI as soon as he turned himself in. Uh, That's an absolute defense to that crime. They even convicted him of taking the envelope. I got 10 seconds left. What happens in May? In May, we go in there and we argue that Richard Barnett should not be incarcerated, that he already did his time, that the, the alternative to our incarceration should be some type of confinement at home with hopefully therapy and things like that to let the guy have his life back. Joseph McBride, good luck. Give our best to Big O, my best at least. Uh, the McBride Law Firm, amazing stuff. We'll be right back. All right, congratulations to this guy. He's the 2022 NBA MVP. I'm not the biggest basketball guy, but they were talking about this on ESPN, and things got kind of interesting. I don't know the criteria no more. I don't know if it's because it's the number one seed. I don't know if it's the number six seed. I don't know how you judging. Is we judging off of advanced stats or who's the most valuable player? You take them off this seed. We don't know. We don't know, but we do know this. Since you do want to bring it up, we do know this, that when it comes to MVP voting, when it comes to MVP voting, 80% of the MV, of the voters are, are white American. 20% are others. I know that stat. Mm. It's the easiest thing in the world to go around and counting faces, who's white, who's black, who's, you know what I mean? Easiest thing in the world. The guy in the middle, he's got something to say about what he just heard. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you just, not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, I did. Yes, not, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, not, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly not, what you implied. I, I Secondly, not, hold on, did, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up. We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated the It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Wow, huh? Uh, the guy in the middle there, J.J. Uh, Reddick, he clearly won. Uh, and by the way, take a look at the <laughs> going back 10 years or so. Every MVP seems to be a person of color. Now, uh, mm, anyway, that guy had a great point. I like it. All these false narratives, huh? And it's so easy to count faces and we should be so beyond that. I'll be right back. Millions of Americans like you are watching Newsmax for the news they really need to know. And I'm one of them. Each night, watch Newsmax for great shows with Greta Van Susteren, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Sunday nights, don't forget to check out my show, Huckabee. It's informative and a lot of fun, just like me. So tune into Newsmax today. It's real news for real people. They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. 
Now, millions are turning to Eric Bowling, The Balance, to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax. This DirecTV thing, we need your help, and we so appreciate it. Thank you for bearing with us here. You know, we've been unfairly penalized for being conservative. Uh, DirecTV, they did this to another conservative network, deplatformed them just for being conservative. So please stand for free speech. You can call them up and let them know how you feel. Call DirecTV, okay? Give them a piece of your mind. And you can also call Congress and go to IWantNewsMax.com uh, and sign our petition opposing censorship. We so appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.